One's the wife, and the one is the one right after the wife. So, well, I mean, I hit record, so we're going. Uh, oh, we're I, going. Oh shit! Well, yeah. I, I know we were. So I thought that was just like the preamble. And you're like, I'm gonna yeah. start recording here soon. So no. we're in it. We're in it. All right. I, I forgot. That's how you roll. Like I just just now hit record. Oh, okay. So yeah, we haven't no, recorded. Okay. No, I don't. I don't ever record that pre-show shit. That's that's editing, and I don't like to do that. You should. Know oh, that. see, and I, I like that because then you have like random non sequiturs that I throw in at the beginning of my episodes. Like, what were we talking about? Like, just random shit. I do love that when I'm listening to your episode because like you'll hear just like the start of it, and I'm like, where's that gonna be in the show? Where's it gonna be in the show? Like, that's the the best part about it. <laughs> oh. Oh. So yeah, love lost. Um. So I have two. Okay. I mean, you could tell one, both, or, or half. I tell both. I mean, okay. yeah, we run, you run for an hour and seven days, right? So yeah. Um. um hour, hour and a half. I don't. I don't know. Half. The episode doesn't have to be a two-hour podcast. It doesn't <clears throat> always have to be that. So. Uh, yeah, I've been trying to run through my head like how to how to tell the story because it's like how much of my past do I have to like give up as like you know uh, backstory for the listeners because I'm, I'm sure you have fans now so they probably go through your backlog and listen to some of my stuff even though they don't come listen to me they'll they'll listen to you. Um, but yeah, so background sex addict and that was kind of like um, it wasn't just the sex addiction that was made me. Uh, able to get my wife it was more of like the skills I picked up being predacious or predatory when picking up women um so it's a good word predatory well I mean that's basically what it was for me it was like just going in for a kill it was either am I going to go in for the low-hanging fruit the one that's going to say yes and I can you know get it in in the next hour or do I want to you know, toy with someone and ruin a marriage. Cause like I was that guy that I would just go in and, you know, Oh, she's married. Oh, she's giving me the eye. Oh yeah. I'm gonna get it in, in her like a month. I'm a so fucker. Dirty. In a month. I was, I was bad. Um, and eventually <laughs> after a while, like, you know, it's so much effort because then they would get hung up on me or the idea of me. It wasn't like me that I'm great. It's just the idea of something new in the relationship that gave some kind of spark for that marriage or for that, yeah. that woman. So it became a headache after the fact. And so it was, it was almost as bad as like virgins. If you ever hook up with a virgin, that's like, you know, in their early twenties and then they just like want to do everything with you for the next six weeks or six months or whatever. So it's like that annoyance of having to, yeah, you know, I the... can't do anything in my life. So, uh, anyways, so then I just decided, okay, with married women, I'm just going to go with, I'm going to get them to the point where they, like, there's no denying that they wanted to focused on them. Like people guys fawning over them yeah and so i wouldn't do that i would just like oh hey what's going on and then just like leave them guessing and that's what i did with my wife when i first started dating her i met her in 2011 through roller derby and when i was a referee i would travel all up and down uh i-10 from san antonio to gulfport mississippi uh referee for inline hockey roller for roller derby yeah and so through that i met her and i would see her because i would travel to san antonio to refer her home team San Antonio would come and play against Houston, would play against Beaumont, other little teams around Houston. So I'd see her more often than, or, you know, several times a year. And so in that, I was like, oh, hey, she's cute. But I didn't want to be known as that referee that was always fucking the skaters. I was, I didn't want to be that guy. So it was just kind of like one of those um, things that I just wanted to be known more as being a good referee and being invited out more to come and ref than to, basically, I didn't want to shit where I ate. And what are you while talking I was in about? Derby, you, 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 you totally could have been like, oh, yeah, Tiffany's real cute. She's a new girl. Yeah, get us some extra points, you know? Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it doesn't work that easily. I mean, you, you still have six other refs that you have to, like, you know, confer with for a lot of stuff. Ah. But so it's not like you could just say, oh, yeah, you're going to get six points. No, I mean, it has to be like real legitimate stuff or okay. penalties. And so I wanted to be known as a ref that was requested because of my fairness, regardless of where I was at. And in the 11 years that I was in roller derby, I only dated or hooked up with three skaters. Uh, two of them were my girlfriend, and one was kind of 
me being predacious again, just me being like low hanging, low hanging fruit. Deal with okay. that. <clears throat> so, um, uh, girlfriend. So I met her through roller derby in San Antonio and I went to a game that they had in San Antonio, just traveling around. Um, and my, the way I would go around is I hang out with the referees after the game. So after a roller derby game, there's an after party and at the game, it gets announced, Hey, you know, come meet out, come meet with your favorite skaters, buy them a drink. We're going to be at this bar, blah, blah, blah. And more often than not, it's about half of the visiting team, most of the home team, and then maybe five to 10 fans that show up and they're the, like the, the diehard fans. Okay. Uh, sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, but more often than not, it's like a mix of just the derby people that were at the game at an after at a bar middle of nowhere a little podunk little tiny little place but yeah. uh, so we get there and i sit around shoot the shit with the refs talk about you know some great call a great penalty like you know hypotheticals kind of like nerding out with like D shit of like okay how would you make this call if you saw this again or if they did this different how would this go um calling out with other skaters like oh man that was a badass hit you did man i wanted to cheer you on but i can't because i'm a ref blah 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 or, you know, just going to another skater and tell them, hey, you know what, you should watch out for when you do this because you're going to get called on penalties because of that, that, that kind of thing. So it's kind of like going around, kind of giving advice, hanging out, shooting Being the, the good shit. guy. Being the good being guy. Being the good guy. Just yeah. kind of just being a, a social butterfly, you know, okay. not not, yeah. talk, not specifying targeting anybody. But I had my eye on my girlfriend, although she wasn't my girlfriend at the time. She was just a girl I was interested in. And so I went up to her. And there was a salsa dance, salsa song that was playing. So I went up to her, hey, let's go dance. And I just grabbed her by the hand, pulled her with me, and we danced. Danced two or three songs, and I took her back to her table. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me. Thanks for the dance. And said hi to her other friends and then walked off. And years later, I found out that that's what really intrigued her about me because she was used to everybody hitting on her. Men, women, couples, like everybody wanted to hook up with her. Um, so me not being that guy that was like chasing after her made her want me more. And the funny thing is that our first date wasn't really supposed to be a date. So after that time that I took her out for a dance, probably like a month or two later, my car got stolen. And in it was my roller derby gear, my skates, my helmet, all my other gear. And that was at least about $1,200 worth of stuff. Good so, God. Yeah, skates are expensive. Like the boots are about 300 uh, Plates are about another two. Wheels are anywhere from 100 to 200 bucks. Plates. Um, what, what plates are you using? The the, uh, the plates that go on the bottom. So the warrior, the wheels and trucks. So what would be part oh. of the skateboard? So yeah. No, no. I'm sorry. I, uh, I I I played inline hockey in high school, and like my skates were like hundred. My my inline rollerblades were like 150. My pads were like another 200, and then my stick was like 50 bucks. Um, but then again, that was just for one year, and it it got used. But I remember roller derby is the four prong, not the inline. So okay. Yeah, and then of course you can mix and match your wheels. There's all these other things that everybody was trying to trying out at the time, plus your stoppers. So, um, you know, you, you can kind of customize and build a boot or a skate to what you want, not just something off the shelf that you would get at Academy. Though a lot of skaters start off with that, but yeah. Um, anyways, yeah. So that was like twelve hundred bucks. I was out the window. So. Saving up to be able to go back and skate again or be a referee. And so when I got enough money to get all my gear again or get some new gear, um, like I got invited to go ref for a San Antonio team, for, for her team, but they were playing in uh, Colleen. So it was uh, three hours away from me to play to ref for San Antonio, but then it was like in 45 minutes north of that for me to go ref for the game that they were having. And so it was like a coming out party or whatever. Uh, San Antonio had always felt like home. Like that was the one team that was always always felt thankful or felt appreciated, like a home with as a referee. Other places, it was just like, oh, hey, thanks for coming. And then everybody would just turn away. Like it'd be like, oh, hey, thanks for being a ref. Like it was just kind of like obligatory that they came and told me, hey, thanks for coming out. Yeah. As opposed to like being invited, like, hey, are you free next weekend? We really want you to come out. Um, not because, you know, they're short a ref, is that they really liked me as a ref and they liked hanging out with me at the after parties. So, yeah. Um, that's why I always offered to go with them first or always like put them first. If they asked me for anything, I'd go there. Okay. And when I'd gotten my gear back, I'm like, Hey, I got my gear back. I want to come out, hang out with you guys. And so I had scheduled like a dinner, a breakfast and a lunch to, you know, on, on two different days because my work schedule at the time was like Sunday to Wednesday. And so I was off uh, Thursday morning at like four in the morning through Sunday at noon. And I had to go back to work. And so I figured, all right, I'm gonna come into town Thursday. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna 
get a hotel room, crash, and then I'll have dinner with, you know, these friends, lunch over here, breakfast with somebody else. And so I'd schedule with a bunch of different skaters. And it was supposed to be like a group meeting or group uh, meal uh, at each meal. And all of the meals got canceled except the dinner. And at the dinner, well, not, not the meals, but everybody was dro- dropping out. Oh, I have to go to work. I have to go do this. Ah. Uh, my kid's sick, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But my wife, her girl, you know, at the time before that, uh, Mary or Red, she was like, she was the only one that didn't cancel. So I was like, okay, fine, we'll go. And so instead of going to have like a counter meal, like, hey, you want to go get some sushi? So I like, fuck yeah, let's go. So we went and had sushi, um, had the dinner, ended up hooking up afterwards. And we became essentially fuck buddies for like two months. But I knew within like the first two weeks, I wanted her to be my girlfriend. And it, it was it was rare because most of the time I dragged the women that I'm dating because I'll date more more than one at a time to kind of filter them out and see who really wants to be with me, not just mm-hmm. just for sex, right? Um, and anyways, with her, I just like knew I just wanted to have her. And the, the fucked up thing is, at one point, she finally said, hey, um, she sent me a text message uh, saying essentially that if I wanted to go with her to her father's house for Thanksgiving. And we both had iPhones, but uh, I saw the notification and I saw the message, like, you know, the, the uh, mm-hmm. preview of the message. Yeah. I was like, shit. So I didn't even look at it because uh. I knew what it said. So I didn't even, I didn't go to red. I left it alone because I had a date like two, the, the following night. And I wanted, okay. to, I really wanted to get it in with this other chick. Ah. Like, okay, I'm gonna get it in one last time with this other <laughs> chick before I finally decide. Okay, we're not just fuck buddies; we're we're legit now. Ah, you're terrible, and man. I am, dude. I I was, and she knew about it. I told her, uh, like a month or two after the fact, like, hey, before we go to Thanksgiving, I, I want to let you know this is what happened. I saw your text. I saw this. He goes, ah, oh, no big deal, whatever. Because I mean, she was seeing other guys too. Like, it wasn't like she was just seeing me or she was just you mm. know pinning you're pinning her hopes on me. But before I agreed to commit to her, cause she had already decided she wanted to be with me. She's like, okay, fine. You know, as long as I wasn't cheating on her after the fact, she was okay with it because we hadn't really said, okay, yeah, it's just me and you now. Okay. okay. Um, so anyways, we go on that date and it was like the best, most health, healthy relationship I'd had because I'd already gone through the stuff about me learning about my sex addiction and becoming better about it as identifying my past traumas, um, realizing how I was using sex as a coping mechanism to deal with issues instead of confronting anything that bothered me. I just used sex or women to feel better about myself because I was going for that endorphin shot rather than saying, hey, you know what? I don't like that you did this or I wish you would do more of that or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. whatever's going on in my life. Uh, but it's weird so, because you wanted to get it in one last time. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, so when, when I realized, okay, I want to have this relationship with her I want to like purge all of the negative bad stuff that I got going on with me to like not have it hanging in the back of my head. Oh man, I could have had that one chick and well now I'm stuck with my girlfriend. Fuck, you know, I, I didn't want to have that in my mind. Okay. Um, Cause I, I knew over time that, that little C would have probably grown into something that was like, oh, well, you know, I didn't get to have that one chick I wanted. So I might as well go have this other one or mm. some other one, you know? Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a relationship that once I realized, you know, the issues that I was having with my past, I would always have, you know, open conversations with her. Like I was just always vulnerable, I guess, that if I, something bothered me, that hey, look, I don't like this. I don't like that. You know, and it wasn't like I was getting after her. I'd tell her, hey, this doesn't sit well with me. I don't like that you're doing this. You know, I'm not telling you to change. I'm just letting you know that this bothers me. And she would sit and think about it. And she'd be like, you know what? You know, she appreciated that I would tell her calmly in a conversation versus like, I can't believe you're being a bitch and this, that, and the other, you know, I would tell her as, as a normal human being, like, Hey, I don't like this, you know, fix it or we'll figure something else out, you know? And it wasn't like I was giving her ultimatums. I was just letting her know something bothered me mm-hmm. and she would do the same. Like she would kind of pick up the pattern and let me know that X, Y, or Z was bothering her. And so that helped our relationship be stronger. And that was one of the things that I was always like, we're not going to go to bed angry. We're not even going to go to bed um, with, like even even like the smallest seed of resentment, like if something just bothers you, you don't have to be mad at me. Like if something bothers you that I did, let me know. I don't want it to fester and grow into anger, resentment, or hatred later down the road. Um, and so she was really taken aback that I was like this, that I was so open and forthcoming with everything that I wanted. And it's not like I'd had to 
have a conversation with her every day about things that were going on because we yeah. were both very independent. And also when we first started dating, I was still living in Houston. She was living in San Antonio. So because of my work schedule, we would essentially just have a lot of vacations. We'd meet up in little towns in between, or we'd meet up at wherever they were, she was having a game at, or she'd come watch me be a ref at another game somewhere else. So, you know, we would travel and have these little mini vacations Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then I just leave early morning Sunday to go back to work. Or she would come to Houston, take a day off on Friday, come in Thursday night and, you know, come spend the weekend with me in Houston. Um, so and, things are, things are flourishing quite exceptionally. Oh yeah. It, it was, it was fast. I mean, it was, it was oh. a really fast relationship. Okay. We started dating. We went on our first date, July 17th, 2013. God damn, man. Um, I want to say by end of August or middle of August, we were like every weekend, it was just me and her. Okay. And so September was when she told me September, fuck, I forgot the date. But it was the, the second week of September is when she told me, hey, do I want to go with her to Thanksgiving in, in, uh, in Memphis with her family or her father's side? And uh, so I agreed to that, that then. But we still kind of kept our relationship kind of um, on the down low because a lot of teams frown on skaters and referees dating, even though we weren't in the same team. So it was just kind of like, um, what's the word? Yeah, you in had- a, in a, yeah, the, the uh, not fraternization, but like you might be a little bit more biased because of that fact. Yeah. Yeah. So you. it was it was along those lines that that it was we were trying to keep it a secret. But also um, we both knew that there were people that were interested in both of us. Like I knew that oh. there were guys that wanted to hook up with her, girls that wanted to hook up with her. She knew of girls that wanted to hook up with me. So we liked the idea of toying with people, letting them know that, you know, <laughs> Oh hey, yeah, you have a chance with with me, or you have a chance with her. Like, oh no, nothing's going on. And um, one of the pictures I wanted to share was uh, we came out, quote unquote, at a Halloween party that uh, my friend Scully has, and she has the coolest house in San Antonio. Uh, it's everything is like Day of the Dead themed. All of her walls are different colors, like orange, purple, green. You know, fuchsia. Like it's just it's a crazy house. It's like a fun house. Okay. And she has like a carnival theme in her backyard. She has like a, um, a carnival ticket booth. That is a way to get <laughs> into her backyard. Like her call, her house is fucking cool as shit. Okay. She throws the best Halloween parties. And so I was dressed as Michael Myers and I was terrorizing everybody. Cause I was just, you know, big and tall and scaring everybody and just kind of standing around being a creeper and, everybody's just like running away from me or just like whenever they'd have to come by to grab a drink, they'd like come close, grab the drink and just run off. <laughs> um, so we came out at that party, went to the party together and it was just um, our, okay, Hey, we're dating. And new year's day, 2014 at about 1240 AM, like 40 minutes into new year. She mm. tells me, I love you. And oh. me, the asshole that I am, I said, I know, but oh. she should face drunk. <laughs> So Pull the Han Solo on her. <laughs> I did, but it wasn't. It wasn't so much because I wanted. To, it wasn't. I wasn't thinking of that. I wasn't thinking of being, being a Han Solo, or I wasn't trying to be an asshole. I realized that she was drunk, and I didn't want her to say later, "Oh, I didn't mean to say that. I was too drunk to say it, or I didn't really mean." Oh, okay. It. So that's why I held back because I knew she was drunk in the moment. What a gentleman. Um, well, I'm not a gentleman. It's more like me protecting my heart. You're like, oh, I love you too. Then like fucking 12 hours later, what? I didn't say that. I don't love you, you know? So that that was me being defensive. Yeah. Um, but that was also a joke between us is that, um, you know, for random anniversaries or whatever, I would give her a card that would be the, basically the whole thing of, uh, of Han Solo and Leia. It's like, I love you and I know. Nice. Um, okay. So that was like a, a little inside joke that we had too. But it, it was it was just a whirlwind relationship. We were only together for four years and 11 days. Um, and we were that relationship goals couple. Like everybody wanted either fuck us or have the relationship we had. It was, it was either or. Okay. And, um, ah, man. So yeah, love loss. Like most people, their love loss is usually something crazy happens. Like, you know, they're, they have a big blowout fight, you know, whatever happens is, is like something that they just did or their partner did or whatever. And there's some kind of regret there. But with me and my wife, she passed away from a car accident 
um, or from complications from a car accident. And we were actually going to meet up for the um, annual roller derby convention in Vegas, which we'd gone to a couple of times. This is going to be our second or third one that we go to together. Um, but because I transferred over to Tesla, I was already in Reno. She was still in Texas. So she was going to drive out to meet me there. And about an hour and a half uh, outside of San Antonio, she got into a car accident, um, was in a coma for a week, and then passed away. So that love lost, in a sense, I mean, it still hurt. It was, it was, it was a terrible thing oh, yeah. after having to, to talk about with other widows. And the the thing is that a lot of widows, we there's like this um, kind of argument or discussion of what's worse, to suddenly lose your spouse or to have to watch your spouse, you know, die over time due, due, due to cancer mm -hmm. or, you know, have an accident. And you can't actually tell them goodbye because they're in a coma, because they're asleep, so they can't respond to you or recognize you. And so I think personally, the being in the coma is kind of the best of both worlds is that, you know, the sudden loss is, you know, you could have had an argument that morning and you never get to apologize for it. You're going to have that guilt with you all the time. And then with cancer or something that that's terminal and deteriorates them, you know, you have to watch them waste away. You have to be strong for them and try to try to be there. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I had a glimpse of that. She had, um, she had complications after she had a tubal ligation, which is basically kind of um, a newer form of having her tubes tied. So she doesn't, wouldn't have any kids. Like we both, like we really didn't want to have kids. Yeah. So she had, she had tubal ligation and her following period that she was supposed to have was like super painful for her. She had, she actually had to go to the hospital mm. and she was one tough cookie. Like she would fire and carry like just guys. Like she'd get drunk at a bar pick up a guy, hey, you're too drunk, you're getting the fuck out of here. She just pick up a dude, six foot, 200 pounds, and like just drag him out the door and tell the bouncer, hey, keep him out because he's drunk. And she fucking walk back in. And <laughs> she's one of those that like just a wooden leg just would fucking drink anybody on the table. Um, so her pain tolerance was really high. So to see her cry, like fucking like crushed me, like fucking just broke my heart. And I couldn't do anything for her. Like she's just in pain in the hospital, you know, wincing, crying, tear streaming, like not crying, wailing, but just, you know, tear streaming from her face. Yeah. And it fucking killed me. And I, I had that glimpse of like, fuck, if she had cancer, I wouldn't know what the fuck to do. Because, you know, seeing her in pain, just it was just like crushing. And um, I actually almost fainted when I saw her in the hospital, just seeing her all um, caught up, you know, the, the mm. being in a cast, being um, intubated, um, bandaged and everything. It was just like, holy shit. Like, that was just not what I was expecting to see. But uh yeah, I'm, I almost feel like nobody is ready for all of that. You know, you come yeah. into a hospital, you expect the worst, but you, you can't even fathom it. So I get you, man. I get Especially you. when you have that, that, that connection, like, you, you know, yeah. um, and, and I'm not to, not to say that my connection is any deeper than anybody else has with their relationship or what they have. Even with the widows, I realize that some widows are actually glad or thankful that their spouse is dead because, you know, they were their abuser, they were their tormentor, and they had no way out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that idea never even dawned on me. It's like, why? It's just like, wow. You know, I do know that there's people that are in bad relationships, but it never dawned on me that people being in a bad relationship could lose their partner. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, just kind of getting all aspects of these things made me realize or be grateful for the time that we had because the four years and 11 days we were together, we really only stayed home, like at home, did nothing. I did the math and I lost the number, but it was about 40 days, 40, 42, 43 days that we, we stayed home and didn't do anything. Okay. Monday through Friday, once we were together, um, or living in the same house, uh, we were doing something every night. If it wasn't derby practice, it was like, uh, an art gallery installation, uh, somebody's bar mitzvah, uh, housewarming D and D, um, going out dancing. I mean, there was something we did seven days a week. You know, we didn't get home and go to bed until at least midnight or one in the morning. Um, and then we started kind of slowing down or calming down. And once a month we would have, uh, we'd play D&D &D with some friends at our house. And then that evening we'd have a bonfire. So, you know, we still weren't going out, but we were still doing stuff. We weren't, you know, the typical couple that only goes out once a week or once every other week or have a date night. Like we were always together doing things. Yeah. Um, so in those four years we did what I would say maybe what most couples do in 20. So I was glad to be able to condense that in that amount of time. Um, so yeah, that love loss is one of those that you, there's, there's just no coming back from something to be able to do. 
when, so that uh, one, yeah, of course, hurts the most. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, it, def- it definitely sounds like you guys had it just – because I remember having a few weekends where I was constantly doing something. I'm I I'm not a very big person on getting out and going out and doing something special or spiffy. I I tap uh, that you would want to reverse that. Like there were forty days in those four years that I went out and did something with my spouse because that's how I like to be. But what I I mean, it definitely sounds like you were good all the way up through, and then it hit. What was kind of the immediate aftermath of after? everything happened you know you found out she was no longer your wife you were now officially a widow how did you what what happened to you what happened with you um i fell back into my old patterns i um started fucking fucking everything that moved for about two three weeks and i realized i didn't want to do that i didn't want to disrespect her like that um but um you know that was just that was my coping mechanism and i had built a relationship with her so much so that I didn't develop my identity that I have now stronger and being able to be more resilient in things. And so my initial gut reaction was just to go sleep with whoever I could. And mm. it was a lot of, so in, in the relationship that we had, we also had threesomes from time to time, a couple of foursomes too with other women. Mm. And so it was, it wasn't necessarily cheating. And we also would like to, we'd have hall passes. So if she went out of town for work or to visit family, you know, we'd both have a hall pass. We could do whatever we want. Um, and then we could also kind of like bank them. So if she went out of town and hooked up with someone and I didn't, well, then I have one that I could use later. Um, so it was, it was just kind of, you know, it was that type of relationship that we had that we were like open and honest about everything. Like, hey, this is what we want to do, whatever. Um, and even even something came up to the point and I forgot what it was, but I told her, you know, I'm okay with us not ever having another threesome. Like, I'm okay with just me and you forever. We don't have to do this other stuff. And she's like, oh, because she she wasn't really trying to manipulate me, but she was just trying to like see if I would um, be a hypocrite about things. And I was like, no, we don't we don't have to. Like, we don't have to do um, any more threesomes. We had a threesome with me and you and another girl. If you want to have one with another guy, fine, we can do that. I'm not going to be into it. I really don't want it. So if if it has to be no more ever, fine, because I'm happy with you. And she was like, oh, shit okay, we'll stick with girls like that. That was just kind of like the discussion was like, Oh damn, that didn't go the way I wanted. Okay, fine. We'll just stick have it. We'll, we'll keep hitting with women. Um, so, you know, there was that, that's how that was a depth that we could have. And I, I doubt many couples would have that conversation. Um, anywhere remote near that, they'd be like, Oh no, we have whatever you want just to keep them happy. You know, yeah. I, I feel that it would either be that or it'd be, you know, something different. It wouldn't be, honest you know there, there would be something to try to say what you think the other person wants rather than what you really want so so living an honest life or li- living an honest relationship was there um, uh, yeah. was there anything that so when you when you said you fell back into your nature was there any recovery period was it like two or three weeks you know a month or two and then you just kind of fell back into what you knew or was it pretty much just as soon as it happened and you were like, I'm good to go. Like it just, you fell right back into the pattern immediately. That like, um, three hours later, I was already in somebody. God damn, dude. It was, yeah. It, it was just like, I, I didn't know how to behave and how to react, how to, how to process it. I didn't, I didn't want to process it. And you fell back um, into what you knew best. Yeah. And that lasted about, like I said, three weeks. And then I just like, finally had like a kind of a moment of clarity. It's like, you know what? I, I'm disrespecting her. Like I'm, even though she might've done the same thing, even though we had slept with other women and we had threesomes and some of these women were women that we had already been with. It wasn't like I was going out finding new women. It was just kind of like, okay, Hey, I'm available kind of thing that I was doing. Yeah. Um, I realized that, you know, she would still want me to do what's best for me, not what, is what I think is best for me or what I want to do, what's easier. Like just to be, um, like, like kind of like being with a child, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. The kid, if you don't care about the kid, you're going to let him have ice cream all the time because you know, that'll shut him up. Yeah. But you know that they need to have their fucking meat and veggies, you know, that, that kind of thing. That, that's like the best way I can kind of equate it. So, so let him do what I he decided, does, but slide him the ice, you know, like, hey, bud, here's a couple spoonfuls of ice cream. Go yeah, for it, man. So yeah. with that, I decided, you know what? I'm going to just start drinking. I'll just fucking start drinking. Okay. And I, tr- I tried it and I'm not an alcoholic. Like I just <laughs> did not. And, and it was crazy because I was, 
to the point where I was drinking from the time I woke up till the time I got onto the shuttle for work because I, I could walk like a couple of blocks, get on the shuttle for work, chill, go to work like with a good solid buzz, maybe drunk sometimes, work my shift. And as soon as I stepped on that shuttle, start, you know, pounding away at another, you know, I basically finished off a fifth a day um, from the time All I woke right. up, went to work, polished it off before I went to sleep. But man, hangovers in your 30s suck, man. So I was like, you know what? I'm just paying for headaches. This isn't worth it. And I just decided, you know what? I need to just do better for myself. I just decided to go back to my original idea of, you know, only sleeping with women with the intent to have a relationship with them, not to just get it in for whatever reason. So when was um, this? What, so you had a couple, so you took three weeks to yourself, decided you want to yeah. try to be an alcoholic. That totally didn't work out. So where, so where are we at on the timeline with this? So we're talking, let's see, she, July 28th, 2017. So mid-September, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done with everything. I'm done with the sex. I'm done with the drinking. And I'm going to start, you know, seeing and dating people like normally. Um, and one of the women I met was the next love lost that I have the story. Perfect. Um, so it kind of, it just kind of segues into that. And well, there's his other love, Mr. Pib, by the way. Well, yeah, no, that's that's my first love. That's been my love since 1992. Fuck, I love. It. So, <laughs> my Mr. Pib love was an accident. So I was just drinking Dr. Pepper, yeah. all the time. Um, and one day at my middle school, I you know put my cash in, and now my memory's gonna fail me. Either I pressed Dr. Pepper and a Pib came out, which I highly doubt. So I'm thinking they were out of Dr. Pepper. And I said, fuck it. I'm going to give Pip a try. And I was like, oh, shit, this is way better for me. Yeah. Like, I know people argue, oh, Pip's better, Dr. Pepper's better. But for me, Pip is better. Um, so anyways, yeah, started from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it, it's just it's 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 hilarious because like every time he would he would do a podcast with me or I do a podcast with him, I see him drinking a pib. And I remember we were talking one time off air. You're like, yeah, every time I do a podcast with you, I, I like to you know treat myself. I'm like, no wonder you've been doing so many with me here today. You just want to continue to treat yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just yeah. been drinking his pib and doing this stuff. All right, so uh, back on track to the original intent of this this podcast. So you, you, you decide that you're going to finally turn a fourth new leaf in for fucking ever now. And, yeah. uh, where, uh, how did, how did you meet her? Like, just what was the, how did you meet uh, her? It was a, it was a dating app. Um, I don't remember which one, um, either Tinder, plenty of fish or okay. Cupid or match. Mm -hmm. One of those four. Those are like the only four that are really on. Cause, cause plenty of fish was just to fucking shoot fish in a barrel. Uh, Tinder, I realized that I could beat the algorithm that anytime I go out of town, actually all of them, uh, anytime you go out of town, uh, set your zip code, postal code to where you're going, like about the week before, and you, you come up as new, like you're a new person there, like you sign up as a new person. And uh, you'll get a bunch of more matches. And from there, um, I'd set something up to be able to meet them, go out on a date, do whatever. And um, anyways... So I was coming back to San Antonio for something. I don't remember what it was for, mm -hmm. but came back to San Antonio for a visit. And the day I landed, um, or when I went to sleep from when I landed to getting up the next day, uh, I had a match. And uh, this girl, she was like, you know what? I normally don't reach out first. I'll either like mm -hmm. do a wink. Like, and she's, this is what she wrote. It's along the lines or the gist of, I don't normally reach out. I'll just like send a wink or a smiley face with something about you made me want to send you a message and I wanted to see if you wanted to meet up. Okay. Fuck yeah, sure. Let's let's fucking go grab a drink. What are you doing today? Like so from the time I match within I think we matched at ten o'clock at night. I was already asleep because the time zone changes. Mm -hmm. Um let's see. So I wake up at six and I tell her I want to meet her, you know, the afternoon at, at five. So less than twenty four hours we're going out on a date. Um meet up, we go have drinks and we both had backup plans. Cause it was kind of like, eh, wow. like her pictures, her, okay. So like <laughs> her backup, I mean, girls just always have her, I was, she had an emergency out. Her, her friend was there just in case I was a creeper or whatever. So it was, you know, her as a cautionary tale and me as in, well, you know, maybe I'm being catfish cause fucking, she looks good. She's hot, you know, fucking beautiful face, fat ass, you know, like just, you know, my type of girl. Mm -hmm. And, um, too good to be true it can't, it can't be true right so 
Um, yeah, when, when, some... when am I going to get the link to go sign up for the website to put my credit card in? I got you. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I... <laughs> no, it, it was it was a legit fucking just one of the one of the dating apps. I don't know which one. I, yeah. I don't remember. Um, but um, she was attractive, and I, oh yeah, okay, I get you. You thought it was a bot. There yeah, you're yeah, going that, that way. Come on, follow with me here, big guy. Hey man, I'm I'm fucking dying with this the shitty ass work schedule, man. Just oh my god, I, you have I'm to not, work a real job, whatever, man. I know, <laughs> I have to work a job with my fucking hands until look. I'm dark right now. I'm I'm not from fucking being out in the sun, not even in the sun, like being near a window where there's sun hitting me. I'm like ah, I'm getting dark. Anyways, um, quit bitching about your life and tell me about your love life. Come on, let's go. <laughs> I didn't bring you on to talk yeah. about that. Well, actually, I sent you the link. Or I saw you on my Instagram. Yeah. of me talking to a bot like talking trash to it yeah um, so no it, yeah i was expecting it to be a bot or be just something to be bad so we go on this date we meet up like holy shit she is hot and attractive yeah um and we're having drinks at a bar and no she's having a drink i'm having a shirt tumble and she uh after like about 10 minutes i tell her, hey stand up for a second she goes what stand up so i she stands up she's like checking her shirt she's like what what, what? you know what, what's wrong and i pull her close i grab her by the waist and i pull her close to me and i'm about to give her a kiss and she goes hold on we just met i'm like okay i just thought we were vibing and she was just like we are but you're damn you're fast and i'm like I, fuck i just like you like whatever i just like it's in my mind i'm thinking that I'm like okay fine i just misread i just misread i mean whatever um so we, we go around we hang out and that date we were oh that, there was a festival in town that's what it was there was a little festival in san antonio and so we had a drink at a bar that was like adjacent to where the festival was start or part of the festival was going to be at and um so she went with her friend to the festival i went with my friends to the festival and we kind of keep running into each other seeing each other and eventually we just said said fuck it instead of like playing like we're in high school like oh i'm gonna follow you over here <laughs> you're gonna follow me over there let's just fucking sit down and talk and we were shooting the shit and um her friend was complaining about something like, hey well, what were you complaining about and um she didn't she's like, oh nothing 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 and so my date she tells me no 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 well you know she's dating this guy and you know he never does any pda like they're they're fuck buddies but whenever they're out in public he always ignores her and this that and the other oh. i was like oh that's easy and she's what what do you, you don't even know the story I like i know exactly what's going on well how do you know it's like because he's trying to fuck one of the other girls there and he doesn't want any of them to know that he's with her with your friend are you serious like, yeah that's what i would do like i'd just, i'd be very platonic with your friend in public like oh i don't do pda and that way the other girls don't see me giving her pda so i have a chance with them Dirty really? little tactics. Yeah. When, all right when i was when i was in my 20s that's what i would have done and she's like really like yeah my early 20s he's what 22 23 and she he looks how the fuck did you know like because he's a fucking young kid. If he were a man, he'd know what to do. So, well, what would he do? Me? I tell him, hey, I'd fucking angle for a threesome or a foursome. I'd just be straight up, like, hey, yeah, I'm hooking up with her. You want to hook up with us? Or do you want to just, you know, like, I would just be blunt about it, be straight and direct. And they're like, no. Like, yeah, I would. Well, how do you know this? How do you know that? So they were like, pepper me with um, things that were going on with whatever's going on. In Ask me anything. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, it was an A, it turned into an AMA session, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, like, holy shit, that makes sense. Oh, my God, I never thought about, you know, just a bunch of all these little scenarios. And, um, uh, fuck, I, for, I forgot what the question was. It was something like, how did you know this or how are you so good? And my line was just without missing it. Like, well, I got a fat cock and I know how to use it. They were just like, <laughs> what? And I just fucking walk off. So I fucking just mic drop. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to bust out. Oh, yeah, I've been, I've been, I, I was a previous sex addict and you're just going to like let her have it. But all right. No, I mean, just... I could have, I could have gone that way too, but I, I think that would have been more of a turn off and a turn on. Mm -hmm. um, so anyways, we leave. Yeah, we, we go back or I walk her back to her friend's car. And um, th at that point, I actually give her a kiss. Like, you know, we make out. Oh, uh, finally. Yeah, no, finally, like after like five hours, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which was after the 24-hour mark. It was like after 24 hours of the first message, even though I didn't see the message until the morning from like 24 hours when she first sent the message, you know, we made out. Um, so I had an Airbnb, go back to my place because I, I went into town just for the festival. So I stayed maybe like five or six blocks from there. This bitch, she lives way the fuck on out of town. And um, <laughs> so she texts me. She goes, hey, what are you doing? And I don't know that I just, you know, fucking lay down in bed. And she fucking calls me. 
I'm like, yeah, hey, what's up? And she goes, well, you know, I really liked you. I wanted to see if you wanted to hang out. I'm like, bitch, you're like, where, where are you at? Or she told me that she was, we're part of town. And she was like, dude, you're like 40 minutes away from me. I just got out of the shower. I'm laying in bed. I'm all nice and comfortable. And I was, I was hinting at, I'm not getting out of bed unless I'm getting my dick wet. <laughs> and um, before I even get to that point, she says, okay, look, I'm horny and I want to fuck you. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> what is your address? I know the vicinity of where you're at. Just give me the address and I will be there. And she fucking texts it to me. I'm like, okay, I'll be there in fucking 23 minutes. Why, and, why do you think she waited to get home and you like, why did you think she waited that long to be like, yeah, let's, let's, did you think that was a test or? No, 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 no. She, um, so I, I, I don't know if I asked her, but it came up like that night. Okay. Uh, I think once we were there or after we were done, you know, like the pillow talk. Um, she, so a, it'd been like three months for her. B, it was my comment about a fat cock and she wanted to know if it was true. Uh, the other one, fuck, it was three. What was the third one? Um, oh, that, that, um, she liked how direct I was with her because mm. when I tried to kiss her within 15 minutes and I told her we were vibing or I thought we were vibing, you know, she admitted to me then, yeah, she was, but she thought I was too fast. And so she had to put on the brakes because she didn't want to fall for me, quote unquote, like so soon. Um, so yeah, that was just like really quick. And that wasn't one of those other like instant connections that I had with her. So we're doing our thing, having fun, slapping tickle time. Um, Wait, what did you call it? Slapping tickle time? S- slap and tickle time. Okay, cool. Whatever. We're going to breeze know. right past that. And we're... You know, for the kids at home, they can't, you know, <laughs> learn about things and they have to hear about fireworks, you know. Shut because, up. Don't, don't use somebody my phrase. Because somebody here doesn't like ejaculate. <laughs> it's so dirty, man. It's just it's scientific. <laughs> that is scientific, sir. Whatever. Scientific dirt, dirt, or not. Dirty is shooting a wad. That is dirty. That's that's like 1970s fucking. Uh, what was that? That's that. Dude, I'm Gen X. I'm old. I'm Gen X. Fuck you. Okay. What, whatever. Whatever. So, anyways. So yeah, the, the rest of the festival we kind of like spend most of our time with each other, just having fun. Okay. Um, and we we like would fly in to see each other off and on. I think in the first six months we probably spent a good five weeks together, like. Not for six months, listen, like three months. Three months, we'd spend about five weeks together just every other week, or not every other week, but she'd come over for about a week. I'd come in town for two weeks, you know, just kind of back and forth, kind of thing like that. I, I am curious, uh, sorry to interject here. Mm-hmm. When when you started, re- like, when you really hit this off and you're like, yeah, I, I, I want to form something with her, was there anything in the back of your mind that was just like, I just got out of a, a, a nice, serious relationship and then kind of where? Did you have a kind of internal monologue where you're like, ah, can I do this again? That's that was, that was that was my next thing. Like oh, we were okay. spending this time okay. together. I was I was like right about together. No, but you're, there's good 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 eye or good ear for that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So when I'm doing this, like I couldn't fully give to her, be committed to her, because in my mind I just had this thought that, okay, it hasn't even been a year. I can't even consider dating someone or finding someone new until at least it's been a year. I have to respect my wife for a year. That was, that was like something that just kind of kept bugging me. That's why I'd go see her. I'd be excited to hang out with her. She'd come over and see me and we'd be excited to be with each other. And then like three or four days in, I'm starting to be a little resentful or a little cold or distant. And she'd pick up on it and she'd say something like, look, now just, you know, work or whatever. Something's bothering me. And I hated that I lied to her about it because I didn't want to lie to her because, you know, just relationships in general shouldn't have lies in them. Yeah. And I was just like, look, it's just something I don't want to talk about because my wife. And she also, she knew about my wife that she had passed away. And so with her, you know, it bothered her because in a sense to her, it seemed like I spent so much time thinking about my wife. And that's a a common problem with um, widows and non-widow people when they date is that because of the loss with being so sudden, we um we we even even if we have closure even if we have you know time to say goodbye to them you know it's still like a part of our heart that's just like missing and every now and again something will remind us about it and we're like oh shit you know my wife used to do that or whatever mm-hmm. um, or, or I'll give you an example um this last this last week's or this week's episode with uh my, on my podcast with 
Caitlin something, mysexcoach.com. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, she she had little idiosyncrasies and the way she was talking on camera, like I was like fucking getting flutters and getting um, angry and scared at the same time. Like it was just a weird feeling. Like I'd, that's the closest word I can describe what I was feeling with, with seeing her. And it was kind of like seeing my wife, but realizing it's not her. Like she's just a little skinny little thing she's like embodied or possessed by my wife in a sense, the way she was responding to things, how she was articulate and her little mannerisms and idiosyncrasies that was just kind of scaring me. And, um, that's a first for you. Yeah. And it was, it was weird because, um, you know, I was getting flustered. And so there, there's a lot in that, in that episode that I had to edit out that I was just like, Oh, um, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I had to like, okay, fucking calm the fuck down. This is not your wife. He's been dead for four years now. Chill out. And I had to like have that little internal monologue and then remember, okay, what the fuck was I talking about? Oh yeah, that. Okay. So what do you say? Think about this. Um, so, so there was like that, that was just kind of like scary for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, and that kind of thing happens a lot. And if you're dating someone or seeing someone and you see something in public that can kind of fluster you, scare you, or, um, the best way to deal with it for widows that we have is to just talk about our spouse, like just kind of like remember them, you know? And a lot of times the non-widowed people don't want to hear about it. They feel like they're being compared and it's not a comparison. It's just more of, Hey, you know, this person's important to me just like you are, but I can't share anything with them. I can't call them up or send them a text. Oh, Hey, thought about you today at three in the morning when your partner's next to you or when you go to work, there's, there's no communication with your, uh, your, your spouse that passed away. Yeah. There, there's nothing as you could. There's nothing yeah. that can be. There's nothing that can be done. It's just, you know, it, it. Well, I mean, you could technically, depending upon what your religious preference is, mm-hmm. you know, you can communicate with somebody. But as far as yeah, there's nothing. It's just boop. There it is. And even even I think with some people's partners who are still around, like you mm-hmm. can't just be like, hey, Tara was totally thinking about you this morning because I came across your photos on one of my uninstalled drives that I f- I previously just found. Because you're just like, what what is that going to achieve? You know, like what what is that going to do? So I, I feel you on that. Just those random well, I mean, moments sometimes, of weirdness. Yeah, some people sometimes do do that. Like they'll mention, oh, hey, shit, you know, uh, I found, you know, this this photo album or I found this. Do you want it back or whatever? Like sometimes there's a reason to have communication. Yeah. Other times you'll just text your ex and say, oh, hey, you know, thought about you today because, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's uh, I saw a dumpster on fire and that's how I feel about you. So, you know, maybe remind me <laughs> yeah, of you, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's good or bad, but still you're going to have that. You're, you, you still have that option to reach out to them later in the day because yeah. you can text them or you can call them or you can leave them an email or whatever there there's that but being a widow you don't have that you don't have anywhere to vent it but just say it out loud to yeah. remember them and the only person there is usually your partner so that's that kind of draws problems um so that's why usually you know with me with my girlfriend now she's a widow and we both get along well because we can both talk about our partners and we both want to learn about each other's partners too whenever we have that conversation like oh shit you know my husband, blah, blah, blah. Oh, shit. Fuck, you know, I, I wish I could have known him. He, he sounds like a cool motherfucker. Yeah. And, you know, I talk about my wife and she goes, oh, man, you know, I wish we could have hung out. You know, she's cool ass bitch, you know. Um, <clears throat> so anyways, with this girl that I was dating or, you know, seeing off and on, mm-hmm. it was a lot of that that she kind of felt less than. And I didn't want to do that to her. So I'd always instead of or once I realized that she felt less than because I was talking about my wife. Yeah. then I would say it was something else that was bothering me to spare her feelings. Okay. But, um, how'd that play out for you? It, it, I mean, it wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible. It was just, you know, she, she kind of accepted it. And the, the issue was, I still had the back of my mind that it hadn't been a year and I couldn't commit to her. I just like, just would not even, even though it was, would have been a great relationship. It would have been a, a bunch of great things that were working out because we got along so well. I also realized that I still wasn't ready. Even if I wanted to right then and there, even if I would take out the fact or this um, block or idea of I have to wait a year, if I would just ignore that and had gotten into a relationship with her, I wasn't emotionally ready to start a new relationship. And that's one thing that I appreciate my girlfriend now with her being a widow is that she knew that, you know, okay, I need time, whatever. We, we can be dating. We don't have to be anything official, this, that, or the other. And so that's why we work now. But the love lost with the other girl is that, you know, it could have been if I had 
gotten ready or she was willing to put up with me for that time. And who knows what could have been. Okay. But, um, you know, we do reach out to each other from time to time. She's been on my podcast uh, before. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, yeah. I remember you talking to me about her offline. Yeah. So, yeah, she's been on an episode and, you know, th- there's kind of all that. Even even though we're not together, we still have a friendship and um, the desire to, for each other to do good, to do better. Even if it's not with, if, even if we're not together, it's still kind of like, okay, fine. I still want you to be happy. Yeah. Um, so, and then that's what we have for each other. How did, how did it, uh, if I can, if I can ask, because I know this is kind of a, a big thing when, I don't want to say when did it fail, but when did you slowly, uh, start moving from, we're looking at being in a relationship to, uh, we are just, you know, I'm a USB C USB a, and we're just not going to be compatible. Um, I was trying to give you time to eat more of your pudding or whatever that is. <laughs> no, it, yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. It wasn't a realization per se. It was more of um, I wasn't making enough. <clears throat> I wasn't making time to see her as frequently as I had before. Okay. And whenever she wanted to come see me, I'd make up excuses. Mm, okay. Uh, because I didn't want to tell her, "Hey, I have to wait a year." Because for whatever reason, I had that in my mind. Like, I have to wait a year. I have to wait a year. I don't know yeah. why that was stuck in there. Um, and, I didn't want, and I didn't want it to sound childish or stupid or something made up. Like, to me, if I said that out loud, like, oh, I got to wait a year, it would be like, oh, it's not you. It's me. You know, the, the, you know, whatever stereotypical excuse for not dating someone. Although, of course, are there stereotypical excuses now that everybody ghosts each other? So, yeah. It was, it was a little bit of, like, ghosting, a little bit of um, – not wanting to confront things and eventually at some point i messaged her hey what's going on like okay you know what let's let's see if we can do this still like i I thought okay you know what let me um see her once every quarter you know keep in touch with her but see her once a quarter see if she's willing to put up with me or wait for me till i hit that year mark and i messaged her oh i got a boyfriend it's like oh yeah all righty then I just put a knee in, just arrow through my knee, please. Jesus. That was, <laughs> I was like, all right, well, you know, whatever, you know, because we don't have to do anything as well as you know, I'm going to be in town, you know, because I would made plans anyways. Yeah. And um, do we meet up? I think we're going to meet up and have something to eat. And then her boyfriend's super jealous and didn't want to have anything to do with me. He's like, all right, fine. You know, I don't want to cause any problems. Just want you to be happy, blah, blah. Um, then like three or four months later whatever they break up she messages me hey what's going on yeah well you know i'm kind of seeing someone and she's like, oh okay <laughs> and so it, it'd been a, a little bit of that you know back and forth um, mm-hmm. but uh now she's dating a guy now she's happy mostly happy her issue is that he's still jealous but he's not as bad as he was when they were first dating so anyways well i mean every once you know every once in a while you just get a little strawberry jam or a little grape jelly and it just happens you know I've I've fallen victim I've I fall victim to it even now too even though I try to be a little bit less jelly but uh, you know uh, shit happens I mean you're a very handsome dude no homo there but you know not gonna lie I'd be a little if someone's like oh yeah I'm gonna go hang out with guy I'd be like well okay (laughs) 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 all right I am planning the breakup speech now so (laughs) we will talk later on that. Oh man, I, I appreciate the compliment, but you're you're attractive as well. You're not stop. Just I, right I have now. the bad boy look. It's not that I'm attractive. <laughs> it's just that I have the bad boy vibe. That's what works for me. That's, that's all it really is. It's not that I'm way more attractive than anything. I think I did one of those um, attractiveness scale things somewhere, mm-hmm. um, and it's not one of those like uh, meme generators or something you see on Facebook. It was um, oh, fuck some lab study thing. Okay, because I'm a nerd. I, I fucking search through. Um, Google Scholar just to read um, theses, thesi, wait, theses, theses, because it's rhymes with feces, like multiple theses just to see random ideas about shit. Um, you can just call them theories. That's easier, bud. No, no, no. Thesis. Thesis is the plural of thesis. Yeah. That's theories. Theses. theses. A, th- no. a thesis. It, it's not. It's it's a theory. It's technically a theory. It's it not... is technically a theory that they're trying to test out. But you know, it, whatever. Anyways, this is fucking potato, pot- <laughs> fucking whatever. Um, 
potato banana hammock. Fuck you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, but, you took uh, a test because you're a nerd. Yeah. I so or I, I submitted um, three pictures. They wanted a full body picture, a face picture, and a nighttime and daytime picture, face okay. face portrait. Um, and then fucking like a week later, I get an email like, okay, blah blah blah. According that you fall into this percentile. Like what? And to find out more, click this, and it was a link, and basically said that I was um, in the sixty six sixty sixth percentile of attractiveness but 50 50 is the average mark not okay. 70 so you know i'm just slightly above average looking like like from a scale of one to ten i'm literally like a six and a half where average is a five so anyways i yeah i uh, i know i i know the look that i have and i follow that it's like yeah he looks like the the stable 30 year old guy that that could really be stable and you know he's stable i'm like yeah, i could live with that i i can i can be that <laughs> Uh, I and I'm fine with that. Like I'm, I'm happy to be known as that guy that you can be like, yeah. If I'm date him, it's gonna last for a good minute. Like he's gonna be a good dude. All right, cool. I'm gonna play a lot of video games and and you know cheat on you with my you know with my my harem of of women in Red Dead Redemption too. But all right, you know. So yeah, dude. I this that's that's me. That's that's it's just like, honey, I got a new girlfriend in Red Dead. She's like, oh, good for you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But all right, n- enough about me. Going back to you, um, yeah. so you 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 kind of just drifted apart. I got you. Mm-hmm. I-, I guess my biggest thing, because I know I know it's a dumb, cliche, stupid question, but like, where if you had to go back in time, knowing what mm-hmm. you knew now, mm-hmm. I-, I know your first answer probably with the, with your ex wife, you would probably not change a single thing. It sounded like it was just that was bliss right there. It was. Um... But so, and, and it's something that, okay, so I think I know where you're going is okay. what I change things or what I do things over. And sometimes I go, yes, sometimes I say no, because if we hadn't gotten together, she might still be alive. And mm-hmm. I would rather, it, okay, in my mind, sometimes, sometimes I would rather she still be alive and us not have what we had, but mm-hmm. she's still alive versus I'm glad for every minute of it. So I, I, you know, it, it just depends on when you catch me, what my answer is going to be. It'll either be, yeah, you know, I wish I would, I would, I wouldn't change a thing. I think what I would change would be either don't take the job with Tesla or I never took any out of town jobs, like long-term out of town jobs mm-hmm. to be able to spend more time with her. Well, ha- th- th- and this is, this is kind of the route that I was going with was, have you seen the movie, the time machine with Guy Pierce, Samantha Mumba and Jeremy Irons? It's, I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, it was it was back in 2002. It was interesting because the guy is like a fevered scientist, right? Like the mm-hmm. dude's dude's smart, and he's trying to create a time machine, and his wife dies in a freak accident. Or the girl that he's – I don't know if it's his wife or the girl that he's like smitten with in like the 1800s just dies in a freak accident. Um, and like he goes back in time all the time to try to figure out what he can do to try to save her. Um, and it's really interesting the ways that he tries to prevent it. And then in like one of the final scenes, he's like, I just, I can't, I can't save her. And his, his buddies are like, what are you talking about? Cause they obviously don't know. He's gone back in time 20 times to try to save her. Mm-hmm. And it's always interesting because no matter what he does, she has to die. It just, there's no point that it goes forward. It's just, she's going to perish. And then he travels like thousands of years in the future and finds a new hot smoking hot uh, black girl for a wife. Um, and it's important to the story because like the tribes and like, it's so weird at the movie. Just watch it. It's 2002, the time machine, 2002 time machine but yeah, there. it's, it's fucking interesting to watch how the movie progresses. And that's kind of what I was asking was like, if, if there was an end, is there anything that you would really do differently? Maybe besides just, you know, spending a little bit more time together or something like that. But if you knew that it was going to come to an end abruptly, no matter what, is there anything else that you would do differently or would just cherish the moments a little bit more? No, other than, you know, trying to spend more time with her, I don't I don't think I would have changed a thing. You know, everything was lack of a better term, perfect. It was it was a great relationship. Like I said, we were that um couple everybody wanted to be either be with or the couple they wanted to be, either or. So do you do anything special going forward that's kind of like in remembrance of your ex? Where um, you go to the roller derby conventions every so often and it's just this is this is for you, you know? Uh, I do, but it's a private thing, um, okay. and it just kind of—I do it during the holidays because so July, not the holidays. What what was our holiday? Um, so one, there's Halloween, where we celebrated a second Halloween on Valentine's Day, um, 
we had a couple of those parties where it was just a super slutty Halloween on Valentine's. Mm-hmm. And in July, that was a lot of our anniversaries. It was my birthday, um, our first date anniversary, um, our wedding anniversary, and then, of course, the anniversary of her dying. So there's like a lot of things in that month. So I take a, a week out of there that's just like to remember her. So, yeah. Hmm. Nice. That's nice. That's, thank you for sharing. I know you said it was private, but thank you for, for telling us about that. Is there is there anything that you want to send out to anybody out there who may be actually listening to this podcast and struggling with something along those lines where it's, you know, they may have, it may have been a fresh scar. It may have been an open wound or, you know, anything that you could say to, to, to that helped you that might help them. Remember that, you know, tomorrow's promise to no one. And that was something that we lived by, that we would just always find something to do together. And it didn't have to be that we were attached to the hip whenever we went out. We would just spend as much time together as possible, enjoying each other's company and also enjoying not having to be with each other. It's one of those weird things. But the point is, is even whether you're in a relationship or not, whether you have anything going on, um, good, bad, or you know, neutral with the relationship, with the past relationship, with the possible relationship, you don't have tomorrow. Tomorrow's not promised to you. So live every day like it's your last. Nice. Well, Gaio, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't I don't do well with sad topics. I <laughs> I, I, I feel like my dumb questions are, are more suited for, for something and I don't know, man. I just I appreciate you coming on and telling me that uh, the the two little stories and they are very it was interesting. It like, cause I knew a portion of you and now I know mm-hmm. just a bit even more and just, all right, dude. <laughs> like it's, I don't do good. I don't do very good with, with sad stuff, man. No, I, never... I mean, it's not sad. It, to me, it's more of a remembrance. I mean, there's sad things about it, but I mean, overall it's still a happy relationship and a happy past and happy things to think about. Um, you know, I just hadn't had or made the platform to be able to share that. So I'm glad to be able to share this and hopefully it inspire someone to, go ahead and act to not put off someone that they really want to date, you know, maybe male or female, you're, you're out there and there's someone you're like, eh, you know, I want to date them, but you know, they texted me and I got to make them wait a couple hours before I reply. Don't fucking, don't play games like that. You know, match their investment, match their, match their investment in you, match their energy. Um, but don't try to play games and make them wait longer to see, prove that they're with you or they want to be with you. Just, you know, Live your life and try to be happy. Make somebody else happy, too. Those are excellent words to end on, big guy. I appreciate that. And and what is what is it that you always say at the end of your shows? I love you. You're worth it. Oh, shit. What was it? I love, I love you. You're worthy of it. Till next time, besos. Which is kisses in Spanish. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> what did you think I was saying at the end? <laughs> I tried. What, I what have you been... <laughs> I just hear I, I hear you say best system like oh that's sweet all right <laughs> I just I just let it go man I'm just like all right like oh he's fucking losing his mind he's got Alzheimer's all right bless his heart fucking retard well I I, I knew it I knew it was something Spanish you know because oh. I remember when you told me what Susias meant and I was like half paying attention but like yeah. I just. I like to be honest with you, like I, I have this thing like on Saturdays and Sundays, I've told you where like I'll just queue up a couple episodes and I play a little bit of Fallout 4, I play Madden, and I'm just like PKA, you, Eric, all those get like and I just I just go. I just listen to a bunch of podcasts and and then you know, I just I hear that and I'm like, Oh god, this podcast is done. That was a good one. And then I just you know, I just I was like, he says something that I don't know about and I just never I never had the need to be like, I really need to know what that oh, means. Man. It was probably something Spanish and okay, that's about as far as it <laughs> went. Probably so. something Spanish. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna have to figure out how to add this to um, one of my episodes, just like, hey, just in case you didn't know, Bessels <laughs> means kisses, because my friend Jared didn't because Jared's too stupid to ask. <laughs> well, dude, there's a... I, I wouldn't say stupid. I would have said proud. I think you I think you were too proud to to it's like, oh shit, I don't know that. I don't want to ask him. I uh <laughs> one day it'll come up. No, so I will tell you that I'll tell you this story just to kind of finish it out here because this is this is my thought process. So when I first started playing Assassin's Creed Black Flag, when I first got turned on to it, 
they I would I got good enough to start raiding the galleons, right? And I started to get like the man of war ships and the galleons, and they were throwing out these really awesome Spanish names, and I'd Google them every once in a while to try to figure out what what the names were, and I forgot that the word Spanish is what you you know like oh how do you say you know how do you say brother in Spanish or this whatever, and I had forgotten that, and I went up to a girl and was like, hey, you speak Mexican, don't you? And she just kind of, she's like, yeah, I speak Spanish. I was like, that's the word that I was missing. <laughs> and her look on her face was priceless because like, this is the second time I spoke to her at work. And then one of her friends, like I, I saw her like lean over and she's like, Hey, is Jared okay? And she's like, Jared's just weird. So like, that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> and like, that's just, Oh man. So <laughs> Yeah, it's to to end on a funny note because you know we're just gonna keep going with this. Um, so my girlfriend's daughter, she she's a funny little nerd. Oh yes, she lesbian. is. Yeah, so um, she calls me a professional Mexican because I speak Spanish so well. So I'm not like these other Mexicans she knows in school. No, I'm a Gael's a professional Mexican. So I was like, where did you? That's what it you are. Like okay, you know because when you said about yeah you speak mexican she'll she would say something like that yeah you you speak that word right yeah you you do this you do yeah like she's just she's funny like that she'll just make up shit that's hilarious well kyle please please send us out like you normally do on your podcast now i love you you're worthy of it till next time vessels <laughs>